Daniel, we are back. Alex, we are back. So it's just the two. Sorry, it's just the two of us today, and I, I I've been trying to figure out how I want to start the show, and mm-hmm. I ended up at we are back. We are back, but somehow we are technically not just here, the two of us, because we have some, we've had some phantom text. Yes, on our doc in, in our Google Doc that we've yeah. added. Uh, to the show because there has been the most boring three-way trade in the NHL. Mm-hmm. You know what? I know we we we're just we're gonna bring it out. I just want to tell the trade. I want to say it out loud because of how ridiculous it is. This might be the most boring trade in a while. Okay, so it's three teams: Anaheim, Florida, and Detroit. Going to Detroit from Anaheim, Danny O'Regan. I, I I don't know what to say about him. Dan, do you? He's Danny? a center. Okay, good. Going to Florida from Detroit, Giovanni Smith. Big body presence. Yeah. yeah. And lastly, going to Anaheim. And I know, Daniel, you will have a fact for this guy. Yes. Anaheim acquires... Michael Delzato from Florida or like the third time he's on Anaheim. But I think the biggest thing we have to look at here is if we're going to break this down is yeah. Florida and Detroit. Alex, I just have to ask you, how is this going to affect the Atlantic right now? It's, it's huge, huge. huge. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Huge. I was surprised huge two division rivals trading with each other mid midway through yeah. the season huge consequences for the atlantic division uh moving forward after this trade obviously if you couldn't mm. tell um but let's start with we're, let's start with some good news great news in fact mm. we have another update for alex ovechkin i feel like we do this uh, like once every other week because yeah. we have to we yes. literally have to. Uh, Alex Ovechkin has now become the third player in NHL history to score 800 goals. The other two, Gordie Howe at 801, and obviously Wayne Gretzky, the guy we've been talking about him chasing for years now, uh, who has 894 goals. It's like, you know, like... It's weird because when you get into that now, like when we say the 800 for Ovi, congrats, by the way. And then you say 894 for Wayne. It's weird that I know that's not that long ago, but like in our lifetime, a guy in the modern NHL has gotten this close. Like yeah. it's weird to me. It's especially, especially with the, how him playing for a consistent period of time in the dead puck era. Yeah. Right. And the fact he was still able to consistently score 50 goals consistently, like not even a problem. And so now to say he is 94 goals away from Wayne Gretzky's record is, is again, wild. I think I was last time we had this discussion about him passing someone. When you put it into that perspective, you realize how close he is to breaking that record. And how more likely it is now that he's going to break that record? Yeah, and can I can I say the way he did it is the most Ovechkin way he could have done it? He scored a hat trick. Yeah, like yeah. not only he showed the eight hundred puck, but he showed all three in that in his picture, and I, I love that. I it's it's still like 
crazy to me that the way he plays, like he he's still as aggressive as he was when he was 21, 22. And he's literally carrying the the Capitals offense right now, the way they, they, they are. Yeah. And do you know who he scored his 800th goal against? Oh, who was it? Do you don't know? I don't know. Who was it? Petr Morazic. Oh, oh. Um, he, oh, yeah, Chicago. Sorry, Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he is one of 165 goalies that Ovi has scored against in his career. I'd like to mention there's something really funny when I found that link for us is someone put a pic, um, zoomed into the picture of Kevin Weeks. Yeah. And then they put, hey, what's going on, NHL fans? <laughs> Kevin Weeks here from. One of the 165 goalies that Ovi scored on. Oh, man. That's probably one of my favorites they could have used for this. But, yeah, it's weird. Like, it's still sinking in with me that a guy is this close in 2022 to Wayne Gretzky's record. That is wild. Okay, this is like, I don't want to put a damper on it, but. Oh, please don't. Please. Okay. But there's just been a few people who have been commenting when it's like Ovi is chasing history, which is great, right? Great for Mm -hmm. the sport. Great for anybody who loves hockey. And like, I don't know, like, why would he have to go respond? Like, okay, now look at Wayne's assist and compare it to Ovi. Or, okay, let's think about the playoff points. I'm like, okay, like, what? why? Because people don't understand. <laughs> Again, it's like people to me, and obviously I've been having this debate over the last month, uh, in more so about soccer, like Messi and Ronaldo. But it's like we're talking about um, we're we're talking about his goal scoring record. At, when Wayne Gretzky, or when Wayne, when Alex Ovechkin retires, he's going to be the greatest goal scorer of all time. Mm-hmm. The greatest goal scorer of all time. No one's saying he's better than Wayne Gretzky. We are talking about uh, we're talking about one. One record that Wayne Gretzky has. Do you know how many other records that Wayne Gretzky has? Many, like, many, <laughs> many, many, <laughs> many. Like I was it a couple a couple episodes ago. We were talking about Sidney Crosby, and then we ended up going through the points record. What, who's going to ever touch Wayne Gretzky's point record? Who? I don't, I, I don't even think McDavid. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm. Yeah. Listen, I don't think McDavid will touch. Uh, Gretzky's goal uh, scoring record. We're talking about goals. Well, we don't alone. know that. You know, if Leon Draisaitl leaves, and then it's just Connor McDavid and friends. Then... <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. But, we don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's we're talking about Alex Ovechkin breaking Wayne Gretzky's goal scoring record, and nothing else. <laughs> like a it's, personal thing. Sometimes uh, I feel. No, I mean, okay. I think it's my mistake because. You, I've I've gone against my own advice is that if you ever love anything in this world, don't go through the comment section. Yes, yes, um, 100%. But yeah, second thing is just, I don't know, it's just people feel personally attacked sometimes when it's it's like we're not taking Wayne Gretzky away from you. No, we're not. It, yeah. And it's like the it's like the Patrick Mar- Man, I'll never, never for, forget that. When Patrick Marlowe broke the... <laughs> broke the games played record and we had to have a discussion about whether that was a good thing or not because someone decided that it was a discussion that needed to be had mm-hmm. no one's not no one's gonna forget wait uh gordy how 
because Patrick Marlowe broke his record. Yeah. No one. It's so it's ridiculous. Um, it's it's ridiculous, but it's a great transition opportunity. Daniel, you just you 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 threw it my way. We're just talk. I, I want to get to naming trophies after players. Mm-hmm. We already have the um, Norris change already. We, we have that one. Yeah, we. Yeah. Yes, we have. We last week the NBA uh, changed six awards and named them after players. Uh, we'll go through it quickly. Michael Jordan Trophy MVP. Jerry West is for the most clutch player. I really want to see how that they're going to define that, but that's interesting. Uh, the Hakeem Olajuwon Trophy. Shout out. Toronto Raptor, uh, Defensive Player of the Year, Wilt Chamberlain for Rookie of the Year, John Havlicek uh, for Sixth Man of the Year, and George, I lost the name, George uh, Meekan for Most Improved Player. Now, question for you. Mm -hmm. There's already some NHL awards that are named after players. Or uh, and in in the case of even GM and coach, those are both named after former GMs and coaches. Is it time to take a look at some of the names? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I think so. I think you know because I think the NHL has two choices. Like you have the Art Ross, and then you also have the. The heart, right? The heart and Ted Lindsay. The, the Ted Lindsay, Ross's most, yeah, yeah, Ross most, most points. Most points. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Like Ted Lindsay yeah. and the heart. You have both of those, right? Like you could, sure, you could change one of them. Yeah, and like, and, and I think if you look at the Ted Lindsay, there's a a really good connection there, right? Because of the work Ted Lindsay did with the NHLPA, and it's a players, it's players mm-hmm. voting on on the award, right? So there's the connection there, but there's two awards in particular i want to point out and and they're not going to be changed now but i think they have the a very good opportunity to be changed within let's call it the next five years mm-hmm. um the first one is the selkie yeah that's when patrice bergeron retires if he doesn't if that award is not named after him that's a travesty yeah i agree to me um I was about to say that too. Like, yeah, like when you think Selkie, you think Bergeron and like the consistency mm-hmm. he's had with that. The, so definitely I agree with that one. The, the second one is, and uh, the second one is, and I, I'm going to, I feel like this might upset a certain fan base, but I'm going to do it anyways. Um, I think when o- Alex Ovechkin retires with the most goal scored in the NHL, that he, the, the uh, R- Rocket Richard should be changed to the Alex Ovechkin. Oh, trophy. wow. It's the, Sorry, but, I, yeah, yeah. But I, yeah, I get it. The, the re, I think the reasoning is extremely fair. Yeah. Right. It's for the guy who scores the most goals and he scored them or when he retires, he will have scored the most goals in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and are there any awards that you look at and say, okay, I, I think maybe it's time to revamp the name. No, I'm just like I I understand like where you're coming from with the mm-hmm. Richard one. Okay. I'm just thinking, I don't know why because I know Adam's not here to say something, but Okay. I'm just thinking about what Adam would think or just for the sake of tradition what would happen, but I I completely understand when Ovechkin when it's all said and done, he will you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, he will win, like he will be the leading scorer in NHL history. So 
I could see that happening. I could see. I think it's like we've reached a point already with Ovi where it's like he's an institution already. Where you could you could say that he is going to be the best goal scorer ever, and I could see the award changing. Not only is he gonna have is he the um, he'll be the have the most goals in an NHL career. He would have won, and at this point. At yeah. this moment in time, he has won that trophy nine times. Nine. That's insane, right? Like it's yeah. an incredible, incredible number. And and I and I think the conversation I I want to have here is are the a lot of people say when we're doing stuff like this that we're quote removing history. Mm-hmm. But I disagree with that. I think I let's put I'll put it in quotations modernizing history. I'm not removing the fact that these players exist because in a hundred years when none of us are around and there's a whole new crop of players to to look at. Do you think in a hundred years the James Norris is still going to be the Norris Trophy? Do you think that like? I, I don't think so. I think these awards can be changed. The Hockey Hall of Fame exists for a reason. The yeah. internet exists for a reason. You know what I mean? Like, just because they're not, the trophy's not named after them does not mean they do not exist. Yeah, because it even goes back to the, the goal scoring um, aspect we saw in it that we all know Gordy Howe. We know who he is. But when Ovechkin's going to pass him, it's not going to be like, oh, we don't remember who that guy is. Or when Wayne Gretzky passed Gordy Howe, it's not like a bunch of people are saying like, okay, now we forgot Gordy Howe. Right. It doesn't. No, it's not like that. No, it's not. It's we're like, I it's just we're I keep coming back to the word modernizing it, and I I'm fine with using that. We're, we're just modernizing what is going on. You still, no one's stopping people from having the opportunity, like from going and learning about these things. I, I'd be really curious to know how many people know the individual things that those people with the name. Okay, I'm going to restart my sentence. <laughs> I'd be very curious to know how many people actually know what the people that are named after the award did. How many people know the significance of the Ted Bing. Lindsay? Oh, who? Yeah. Who was oh, who? Lady Bing. Sure. How is that name? Where, where did that name come from? Oh, I have a. I know why. I I learned okay. this in a lecture. <laughs> sure. So what, wait, uh, what lecture did you learn this in? I I need to know. I, I think it was know. like a, I don't know. It was like I don't know. It's like one of my labs. I think so. Okay. Apparently. Lady Bing was the wife of Lord Bing, who used to be the governor general of Canada in the 30s. Okay. And apparently, like, she used to always just give away awards for, like, the, those gentlemanly Canadian, I guess, or someone sure. in politics. I, you know, I might be, I know it comes from Lady Bing and Lord Bing, but mm-hmm. I don't, I just remember, like, yeah, they would give out awards like that, and they just called it the Lady Bing. So it's it's very, I guess, English Canada focused. Yeah, you know, I mean the history's yep. there in the roots. Sure, but I'd be very curious to know how many people actually know. That. I know you know that. I know you know that. Like, I'd be curious to know how many people actually understand the significance of why these people have awards named after them. 
like that's I that's the thing to me. I don't think we're removing history. I don't think that's how this works. I don't think if you get rid of uh, an award that we're just suddenly going to forget who these people are. We have mm. the the tools and resources to make sure that doesn't happen. When I was a kid, I remember I didn't know Con Smythe was a person. Yeah, I, I actually just thought like, oh, okay, that's just the playoff MVP award. I'll just take it as it is. Like, I never questioned it. I don't know why. Yeah, and like, I'll, I'll give a personal example. I did not know the significance of Ted Lindsay until a few years before we started the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, what was his significance, right? Like, why why is he important? I did not know that until a few years before we started the podcast, right? Like, but I didn't learn that because the award was named the Ted Lindsay. Like, that's what I mean. Like, unless I don't know if the names of the awards are making people go search these names is would be my argument. Um, do you have anything else to add? I feel like so I want to. Who would be your Norris there. pick to, if you were to replace oh, that name? Oh, it, uh, okay. I, I'd argue, I would argue Bobby Orr because I think he completely revolutionized mm-hmm. the way, uh, <laughs> playing defense like i think that's yeah. what he's, i know adam's gonna probably say like nick lidstrom or something like that uh but who would you pick um, actually like well, yeah i was leaning i know people would say lidstrom mm-hmm. i was thinking of bobby Orr, and then again i mean like these are at least the positive comments i saw on a lot of social media posts but people are also saying ray bork which is another example but sure i guess yeah like bobby Orr himself as well like when i say when i use the word institution it's like that's what he is as well that I was never alive to see him play, right. but I know Bobby Orr. I know how good he was. And he doesn't even have an award named after him. Yeah. Wild. Um, I really wish Adam was here because I would have just thrown a grenade and said, okay, so who should get the Vesda? <laughs> but he's not. So you know, maybe we'll see. Oh, it's going to be Martin Broder, of course. <laughs> so I could just say that now. It's uh, Martin Broder should uh, be named after the uh, Okay. You heard it here first. Um, <laughs> I'm sure Adam will will have a rebuttal next time he is on. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's, let's move on. But for on. now, for now, until the next episode, yeah. the Vesta the, is the, officially the Martin Broder trophy. The, <laughs> that might just have to be the name of the episode, frankly. Okay. Um, let's move on to the Vancouver Canucks. I feel we haven't talked about them enough. Um, that that was a joke. Us, that was keep... a joke. I just want to be clear. I am joking. They, yeah, we, they, we love it. We keep, they keep I, giving us headlines. I know. I know. They do. They do. Um, so we got a couple things that's come out since last episode about the Vancouver Canucks, and it's always juicy. Uh, let's start with Bo Horvat, who is probably most definitely likely to be uh, on the move. Uh, I have this quote from Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts, the article, the article, to be clear. So many variations. Uh, oh, so many. Uh, it sounds like they've offered Horvat both seven and eight year deals, but multiple sources indicate that the chasm is wide and bringing it will, quote, be difficult. They've definitely put him on the market with teams indicating the Canucks are asking what you'd want for a premium rental. Type cap tight cap situations mean mean there's time to sort it out and Vancouver could try to sign him again. The challenge as I see it is they're not keen on going over Miller's 56 million 
dollar contract. And Horvat's monster season puts him in position to go above that. Well, they really shot themselves in the foot with that one. They did. Uh, one more thing, I guess we were talking, we're talking about trades and we were just talking about Brock Besser a couple weeks ago. And now we're talking about more Horvat, but Pierre Lebrun also added that seems that Vancouver is more, it's looking for more of a hockey deal to upgrade at center and or right shot defense if possible and bring in a player in the 20 something age range. That's super interesting. Yeah. Like using to rebuild. Well, I mean, I know we're going to get to the next part of it, but yeah. it's just, I don't see, it's just, it's like a middling thing where when, when you think about like that leadership you had with Horvat and just the type of game he plays, I think it complements any team so well. And the fact that he did want to stay in Vancouver, at least initially, and then you pay all these other guys before your captain. It's just, if I'm Bo Horvat, I'm just looking around thinking, okay, like, are, like, are they just going to expect like a hometown discount at this point? Or is it like you just forget? Like, I don't know. Also, if I'm him, I'm looking and, and it seems pre this that he wanted to stay in Vancouver. Yeah. And but I wonder if in his head, like he has to look what's going on and what's gone on the last 18 months and say, what are we doing moving forward? Because they haven't picked a direction. Mm-hmm. They haven't like, decided what way they're going They're going to go. They say they have, right? And you brought it up. Like they're, say, they're saying they're not looking to rebuild. They're looking to shake things up. But that's not a clear direction. That's this is what we're going to do in the short term. It's what I kind of felt they've been doing the last few years. Um, I've complimented them a lot before when they had that really good playoff run where I think a lot of us thought that, okay, great. That was amazing. Let's build off of that. And ever since that, it's been kind of quiet. It's been we're spending a lot of money, but we're not getting the results. Yeah, that's pretty much what's going on. I want to just quickly wrap up the Bohorvat stuff, and then I want to get back to the the yeah. not rebuild. I'd be curious to know, and we did this uh, we did this exercise with Brock Besser. Now I think it's fair to do it with Bohorvat. Now that it seems more and more likely that he's going to be traded, if you had to pick, I'll pick two teams who you think he could go to. Uh, what two teams do you think that would be? Oh, oh, pure speculation, pure, pure speculation. Pure speculation. <laughs> like, no, again, none of no insider information we have here. Okay. Um, I'm going to say because they always do this and they don't care about prospects or picks, I'm going to say Vegas. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, they're not afraid to throw one of their other larger contracts under the bus. So they could try to fit them. And I'll say, you know, like this is without speculation, but it's just maybe I, I heard about it too much. But would it be weird to say Tampa Bay? Man. No, it, like the thing is with Tampa Bay, it, if if I'm just looking at it str- just without looking at picks, prospects, et cetera, Based on their previous history, 
I wouldn't be awfully surprised. It's just they don't have anything that they, they don't have a lot to offer, right? Because their next yeah. two first round picks are out the door to Chicago. Uh, I don't know their prospect pool great, but it, I just can't see there being enough. And the issue here with what they're asking for, that would mean someone from their roster would have to come out mm-hmm. if that's what the return they're looking for is. And they just lo- the guy the guys that come first to mind are all guys they literally just locked up. Yeah. Right. They literally just locked up. I'm and I'm not suggesting that this is something that would like would be a deal. I'm just spitballing here. Uh Anthony Sorelli literally just signed him to an extension. Nick Paul just signed him to an extension. Uh Brandon Hagel has two years left at 1.5. They're not I, I can't imagine they're giving that up. I mean, Surrogate there's, there's, there's Cal Foot. I don't know. Like is he is there's Cal Foot, yeah. Right hand shot, right hand shot. Yeah. Twenty four. Yeah. I'm just thinking if you're trading Bohor, like you're you're gonna yeah. want some type of substance in return. Not saying that Calfoot isn't something of substance. I just don't know if that. It seems like they're trying to find a solution to the problem they have, and I don't think Calfoot is necessarily gonna be that. But in any other circumstance, would yeah. I say Tampa Bay are in on that? Are would be in on. Bo Horvat. Um, the there's one team in particular. There's two, I guess. Uh, number one being the Islanders. This might be great. Like again, if this um, were ever to come out, it would, the deal would be axed because you. It's, it's axed. We're already talking about it. We're already yeah. talking about yeah. it. That's fine. But again, you you'd think they could use a guy, a scoring guy like Bo Horvat, who was on pace for like fifty something goals. Uh, last week and then another team to add into that mix would be Colorado yeah I was thinking who's Colorado depleted too. at the moment and they, surviving but depleted yeah and they have yeah I think you've convinced me with Colorado that they do have that asset they have those assets to really do something about it yeah and I think they're showcasing a few of their younger guys too and those wingers that you've mentioned Vancouver is looking at maybe you could find something there and and I think it fits for Colorado. I think it's the perfect fit because it's exactly what they need. You all, when when that lineup is healthy, you already have down the middle. You have Nathan McKinnon there, who's God one of the best players in the NHL. And then after that, it feels like your center depth slows down a bit. Like you have Evan Rodriguez, who okay, listen like. Bottom six guy, with all due respect. Um, you look at a guy like Alex Newhook, who's very, very young. But I think if you look at what they had last year, having um, McKinnon and Kadri, bringing in a guy like Horvat to have McKinnon and Horvat would be d- just as deadly. Especially like you, you look at the comparisons. Kadri was on a career year last year, and I'm pretty sure Bo Horvat's on a career year this year as well. Like mm-hmm. it's wild. It's wild. I think to me, Colorado seems like the perfect fit in my head, um, and I'd very be very curious to know what if they're I interested. Mean, a kid. Wor- I mean, I know he's a left hand shed, but they have a lot of defensemen mm-hmm. 
and they can't play all of them top four minutes. So maybe That's it starts true. with Sam Gerard and something else. Oh, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel. Oh my goodness. That would be uh that would be and he can play on the right. Yeah. So that'd be interesting. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Um let's go back to Vancouver. So something that came out um from 32 Thoughts Hockey Night in Canada is that Vancouver, we said before, is not looking to rebuild. And they have one untouchable player. One. Do you know who that is, Daniel? It was Elias Patterson. Which okay, so when I told you they keep giving us headlines it's just crazy like I, I can't think of the players right now in the locker room saying everybody's on the market except this one guy except you yes that's why like not that it's wild it's just which means there's one player that we didn't mention Quinn Hughes who they said it would take an absolutely mammoth offer to uh to take off Vancouver's hands. Is this like, so the whole consensus in Vancouver is they're not going to tear it down. So like, is it, it does, am I, am I, I'm just confused at what this, what they're trying to do here. Yeah. Cause like given his age, his skill, what he's done already before, wouldn't Quinn Hughes also be on the untouchable list? Like, like in my opinion for how young he is, the position he plays, the way he plays, what he's been able to do, wouldn't be this be like the prime example of a player that you want to build your foundation around? I would say so. Like I, the thing is, is what else is out I, there? Not a whole lot. Like I, I'm looking at the the thing that's the most confusing is that Pedersen is untouchable, but Quinn Hughes isn't. Like to yeah. me, when I look at the Vancouver Canucks, and we can, we'll touch on Thatcher Demko. I I do. I'm very interested in that. Like how his name was just completely left out of all this discussion. Um, but to me, when I look at the Vancouver Canucks and what they've done, what those two guys in particular have done over the last few years, yeah, there's been some rough patches for both of them. For absolutely for both of them, I just. To me, they're on the same level. They're yeah. on the same level of caliber of player, and especially for that team who, other than those two, doesn't always look great. Like, it, it looks a little bleak. Yeah, it looks a little thin when you look beyond those two guys that, or at least those three guys, I still put Demko there, yep. of those three guys that I consider your foundation, the guys that you're supposed to be building around, and... It's weird to me that the, you would have, again, again, on the spending, like you have Ilya Mikheyev, mm-hmm. you have JT Miller on those types of deals. If I could put Tyler Myers on those types of deals too. And it's it's like you just forgot about what you had to do for the guys who are your, who are your core. That it, it's like, like when I talk, when I talk about them spending the money, it's, it's something that, like they just they just missed the point. They just missed it. Like they gave the supporting cast all this money. And I'm not saying JT Miller's supporting cast player. He's a great player, but I guess given his age, the position he plays, like it's not a prime thing. I think about when you think about Elias Pettersson, or you think about you look at that defense and you it's really just Quinn Hughes who is like the star potential guy. 
and I think when you say they missed the point, I think that's that feels so spot on. Where I, when you look back at what they're taught, we're taught when they were talking about the summer, and their whole thing was, well, we're going to try to sign both uh, Bo Horvat and JT Miller, with our priority being Bo Horvat, and then that changed because JT Miller obviously signed that contract i just i wonder if them getting jt miller to sign was i I wonder if them getting jt miller to sign was the swing in direction like i I just i can't see whereas okay you you weren't getting exactly what you want for jt miller last season but you guys were not it was not a fun yet it it was fun at the end of the season, but never like let's not forget how their season started uh, under Travis Green and 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 we look at them some of the things that Jim Benning did. Um, it's just they. I feel, and this is full twenty twenty hindsight, and I I fully understand that. I just feel looking at the situation to you probably could have traded. JT Miller re-signed your captain and now you have assets from trading JT Miller. Like, yeah, it's not the perfect scenario, but now you're left with JT Miller and co you have Bo Horvat who's yes, is having a career year, but you're, I I'd be like, are they going to to me is are they going to get as much for Bo Horvat as they could have gone for JT Miller last year? And to me, the answer is no. To me, the answer is no, because you could have JT Miller for two playoff runs, or you can have Bo Horvat for like 25 games in a playoff run. Mm-hmm. What's worth more? To me, that's JT Miller, not because of the player, but because of the two playoff runs. Um, And that's where I think the direction, you're right, and the direction is all, all off. And like, okay, where are we going? Now you're stuck with JT Miller, great player, point per game player. But now you're stuck with JT Miller for seven more years. And you know that lot. Like there's there's respected people in Vancouver who are saying that that locker room is not the easiest to be in. Yeah, and now you're letting your captain and Luke Shen is probably going to go too. I like that you mentioned him. I had to, that boy. I had Almost to. at a thousand games, almost there. Um, yeah, I guess it's just weird now. It's just like an ominous time if eventually JT Miller becomes the captain of the team. And when I mentioned, like you missed the point here, it's also, and it's not the same caliber of players I'm comparing, but it's like a situation that we saw with St. Louis where. Like okay, listen, Alex Petrangelo is waiting for a new contract. What are you going to do about that? We're going to get Justin Falk <laughs> and extend him and extend him and extend him. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, don't think that didn't sour the grapes a little bit. We all know that the day it happened, did we not? Literally, yeah. was like, why? What? Who? What are we doing? No, it was wild. Like, it's just that's it. it feels like. That's a you know what that's such a good comparison. It feels very similar to that, except the St. Louis Blues might be in a little bit of a better position than the uh Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, they got they got Tory Krug where he's having 
you know, according to my fantasy team, he's having a very rough year, <laughs> but he's still a solid player. He's he's performed yeah. well, you know, with the exception of this year. That is, yeah. I, I before we move on, I just I want to do a little bit a little bit more about what was said. Why? And maybe I've completely missed it. Mm-hmm. Why are we not talking about Thatcher Demko not being a part of? He not even mentioned in the conversation. Like you brought it up before, you think those three are the Canucks core. Um, if you look back to their playoff run, he was instrumental in that playoff. He was very instrumental in that playoff run, and he's obviously he's not having a good year. I, I'm not. I don't want to trash on Thatcher Demko, but my question is, why is he not in this? conversation if he's so important if he's been so important to the team in years past and i i don't want to say he's lost his starting job to spencer martin but why is he not being included in these conversations like am i missing something or is he just not as important as to the team as we thought he was i don't know it's just i think there's been so much hype with him i remember it was a lot about, you know, just waiting for him. He's playing in Boston College. Let's get things gradual with him. But with those playoffs, he really did prove how good he was. And you know what I mean? He I don't want to say outlived because they're still alive and they're playing. But you know, he was able to get the job away and you know, with with Mark, Jacob Markstrom leaving, and then with Braden Holtby trying to come in and then, you know, things not working out there, and they still kept Thatcher Demko and for what he's been given in front of him, he still was pretty solid now. So I think it's just maybe with the injury, they're just looking at what they really have because Spencer Martin's been a great surprise for them, but he's not at least at that level. Like he's not at all at that level that we're seeing with Thatcher Demko or for the amount of hype, the amount of patience, the development they put into this guy. I don't think they're giving the appreciation that he deserves. No, for sure. Um, from one goalie who they that a team has developed to another, Stuart Skinner today signed a three-year extension with a cap hit of two point six million. Yeah, you know, um, it's not a good, not a good contract. He's getting more than Ilya Samsonov oh. this year. So, <laughs> Daniel, uh, Daniel, please don't make it about the Leafs. <laughs> we're going to get in trouble. Um, but just before we get into it, I don't want. I mean, I, I would like to spend some time on this, um, but. In 19 games, he's 9-8-1 and one with a 9-15 save percentage. Uh, similar numbers to what he had put up last year. He only played 13 games last year over an entire season, and he's already played 19 uh, in this year alone. There's been times, and I think some people would definitely argue this, uh, he's stolen the starting job from newly signed goalie Jack Hamill. Yeah. I think that's a fair argument to make with looking at the starts and my fantasy team hurts from that. Um, but that's fine. I, re- I definitely don't regret drafting Jack Campbell. Um, but I think my biggest question with the Stuart Skinner signing is, and this is going to come off harsh, but it's just a question. With this signing, the Oilers have now decided that Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner will be their duo for the foreseeable future, Right three and a half more years of Stuart Skinner, four and a half more years of Jack Campbell. Is this the right move or is this the wrong move? I guess first off, a lot younger than their last tandem. 
So correct. There's a that, good start there. That's a high. That's a low bar. That's a low yes. bar, but correct. <laughs> I guess second, you can see what you do with it. Um, I don't know. It just it's it's, it's from the same argument I've had before. I know Jack Campbell. He is, I think yeah, he is thirty thirty one. Yep. But it's just weird because it's it's not like it's a traditional thirty thirty one. Even when goalies take longer to develop, because he's had those injuries, it's taken a while for him to have a like last year. It was arguably he was first time he was a starter, yeah, in his career. So it's just hard for me to say like, oh, you know, this is how he plays. You know, he needs to warm up a bit, and maybe if he just has a bit of spot starts, we'll see where it can go. But the fact that we don't have that information on Jack Campbell, but he still has that huge deal, just gives me a bit more of question marks everywhere because again I can't also say Stuart Skinner is going to perform like this if you give him 40 50 games because I just don't know yeah he's played a career I think just under 50 games in the NHL and like again like this isn't the I'm not I don't want to rag on the contract because I don't think um that's an issue. I think you look at like some of the other contracts that were goalie contracts that were handed out uh, over the last 18 months. Some of them were a lot of, <laughs> were a lot of money and some of them just aren't working out as thought. Uh, I mean, the most obvious example is Kyle Peterson. And obviously we all hope he's going to get, you know, re get, get back that confidence in the AHL and come back and the Kings can be, uh, be better like i i just i look at skinner and i say i don't i I pose the question but i i think it's the in a weird way it's the right move because they didn't have an option i don't think you like what were you going to do not sign Stuart skinner he's been your better goalie they put themselves in the position of now we have jack campbell because we signed him to a five by five um but it was the right move to sign Stuart Skinner because he was your better goal. Like you saw, he was able to help you last year in stretches, and he's been your better goalie this year by far. I don't even think that's a that's a question. So I again, I pose the question, but I say it's I'd say it's the right move, and it was seemed to be the only option. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think he's deserved it. I think you kind of had to do what you needed to do because he is your guy right now. Yeah, but he is. it's just, it's again, it's another situation now where you have two goalies where they're both making money and who gets to start over who or whom? Is it whom? Whom? And whom? what I kind of feel now is like, yeah, I guess, like I said, I get younger, but it's just going, moving forward. It just, it's not like that defense has, taking strides to be a lot better than it was before or there's been massive upgrades there it's the same defense and yeah they made it to the conference finals but once you go against a team like the avalanche again it's going to be this i i feel like it's gonna be the same results again you know we don't know small sample size Stuart skinner could become a legitimate number one and we can be wrong right now but as of right now what i see is We'll we'll have to see. Like you know, it's what two point six six million, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not like a lot of Cal money. Peterson like, five million. Like no, no, that. it's it's not, and that's why it's like it's a decent bet to make on a guy who yes has played under fifty games, but is um, but has seemed to 
do okay. It's not like you're giving him a Cal Peterson or uh, et cetera type contract. So I, I think in the end, it'll be a fine bet. And he's been the better goalie. I, you know, you didn't have the option not to sign him in my eyes. Um, but let's one, move on. Sorry, go ahead. One silver lining here. Yep. You know, the Oilers developed a goalie. <laughs> they did. They yes. did. It took some I, time. I, I can't think of they another. Did. Like, who was their last goalie to develop? I can't remember. I, I don't. I can't I don't tell know. you. You would yeah. know better than me. <laughs> I just don't know. You don't know. that. That's a pro- That's how you know it's bad. It, it's, the, it's like the conversation we had uh, maybe a year ago. We're like, okay, who's the best right-handed defenseman the Leafs have developed? And it's we couldn't really come up with an no, answer. No, it's Luke Shen. Okay, but yeah, <laughs> we didn't come up with a good answer. Uh, I, I think was a close second. The, yeah, I I don't remember. I'm just looking uh, something up, but I was good. I thought we had like almost decided on Thomas Caberlet, but I just realized he's left-handed, so that definitely <laughs> not definitely not him. Um, but let's move on to some. Uh, I'm gonna call it boring stuff because it's board of governors uh, shenanigans as they do a couple times a year yeah. i'd want to start with i'd like i'm not gonna i'm not congratulating i'm just pointing out mm-hmm. this one thing uh it's been 30 years since gary bettman has become the uh dictator or commissioner depending on how you want to look at it of the nhl <laughs> how do you feel I'm, i i don't want to ask i just want to point it out because it's like i know we're gonna have the same it answer right? blah, yeah. blah 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 it was the it was <laughs> It's Gary Bedman, man. Like, I I was thinking, how can we have this? How can we have make a spin on this conversation to make it sound good? I was going to ask you what the best thing he's ever done is. Do you want to have that? We can. We can have the I conversation. Mean, you want, like, I'll just use Brian Burke's quotes where okay. you know, a lot of people don't yeah. understand how much work and growth that uh, Gary's done for oh, the, the for league sure, and sure. uh, expanding to all uh-huh. these other places, you know. And standing by, okay, so this is one thing I will uh, applaud Gary Bettman for. Standing by the Arizona Coyotes through it all, despite what has been going on, and even trying to get an arena there and committing to, like, was it like a 20, 30 year promise that the team will not relocate? Yeah. He's, that's he's commitment. That. That, no, that's that's commitment for sure. Um, yeah, no, it's been good. I, I Listen, I'm going to argue the best thing he's ever done is put a team in Vegas. Uh, and that was like three years or how many five six years ago now? Oh my gosh, it was uh, five it was, years ago. Yeah, but it's the, it was the most obvious thing to do. So I don't know how much credit I can I could give him. Um, but let's get to the nitty gritty. Uh, what happened at this thing? There's like three or four things I want to go over. Um, that happened this or last weekend. First one being the salary cap you know we love to talk about the salary cap Ma- mainly me i'm the only one who likes to talk about the salary <laughs> cap, frankly but still uh now gary bettman is saying that the salary cap's only going to go up one million dollars this offseason and this all comes after bettman himself hinted at a larger salary cap increase earlier this season i believe uh it was either his press conference um after the international games or his press conference in Winnipeg. I don't remember uh, exactly which one. And essentially the reason it's not going to go up is because one, uh, because 
the league revenues are still short of what would what is needed to raise the ceiling by four million instead of one million. They lied to us. No, he didn't lie. He but, almost did. Yeah, almost did. I mean, it's 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 marginal, but I don't know. If you're Cal Dubas, just really thinking like it's it's a bit of breath of like it's a sigh of relief. Right? Is it? No, bit, I don't. No, bit. I don't think so. I no? don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I think a, that's less than a. That's more than a Mark Giordano right now. <laughs> Listen, uh, here's the here's the thing from uh, my perspective is I understand the agreement and everyone's like Gary's whole thing is well in the agreement like this and this and it's like I get it, but how can anybody look like? How can if you're Gary Bettman, or actually I don't think Gary Bettman has feelings, so I don't think it matters. How can you be an NHL general manager, a player, uh, an owner? Look at the NBA, look at the NFL, look at the MLS and say, we're okay when they're all increasing their caps by more than whatever. Yeah. Or there's no cap. (laughs) <laughs> or there's no cap in yeah. the MLB. You're right. Yeah. Like it's to me, it, it's gotta be, it's gotta be a little embarrassing because yeah. it, like it's gotta be a little embarrassing because they're your competitor, whether you think of it like that or not, the NBA, the M uh, the N- NBA NFL, those guys, those are your competitors. You're on at the same time as them. You're on during the there's your seasons are almost are quite similar. Maybe not so much the NFLs, but the NBAs in particular are is very similar to the NHLs. And they're doing so much better. Like yeah. how many teams are cap strapped? All of, them, all of them? All of them? Like the the other issue even the bad ones are uh, even the bad ones. Oh, yeah. yeah and the issue i have with if you go look at Bettman's quotes and people have been saying this it, it just screams negotiation and it's you know what like what in essence it's what are the players going to give to me and mm. i understand that from a business perspective i guess a negotiation tactics but again, you look at how capstrapped the majority of your league is, you someone has to be embarrassed. And I'm going to beg on this podcast right now. Mm-hmm. I am begging one of the top, one of the executive owners that there's that uh, group of 12 owners who are the hot shots in the NHL. I'm begging one of you to go to Gary and say, let's figure this out. Like just grow a pair and figure this out. Because this isn't good. And that's all that needs to happen, by the way. If like Jeff Molson or um, what's his name in Boston? Why do I always forget this? Jeremy Jacobs and the Wars family in Chicago. If someone could just grow a pair and say, Gary, let's deal with this. Like this is enough. Like this is a, this $1 million increase is enough. I think we can, can figure out the rest of the escrow debt that needs to be paid. Cause at this point it's excruciating to watch like teams doing these. No one can make, no one can make an actual trade. Who's, who's doing anything. This is, and I'm not saying 
I want like teams need teams want to get better, but they can't. Yeah. And, and the the worst part about all of this to me is the NHLPA still has no director. <laughs> They're still searching for a director. No a new one. This is uh, Yeah, like this is an argument we've heard before. You know, as much as we don't always agree with what he has to say, but Carla Koliakovo has brought it up before. And it, it is true. It goes down to how are you going to compete with the other leagues? It goes down to how are you actually marketing your athletes? Because that's where it is. Like, I, I guess this has become the word of the show for me, but institution. Mm-hmm. LeBron James is an institution. Um, Who else? I could even look at Aaron Judge is an institution on his own. And, yeah. you know, it, we, we laugh about the fact that we see them everywhere, but that's the point. Like in those really random commercials and everything, and those product placements, that's the thing. We see them everywhere and we know who they are. I don't think we could go to everywhere that's not in Canada and say, hey, buy this BioSteel. You'd like Connor McDavid. Yeah. Like be like Connor McDavid. How many people do you think know Shaq outside? Like who aren't basketball fans? How many people do you think know Shaq? And not just for the printers. Not just for the printers, for everything. Like for everything, yeah. Everyone has a semblance, like has an idea of Shaq. Okay, I have a question for you. This yeah. is gonna be a random question. That's fine. I like do people questions. in the US well actually no, I don't know, because it's it's been a while. No, no. Do you think What's more people know about Wayne Gretzky because of the office? Ooh, that's <laughs> okay. I, I'm gonna say no. I'm, okay. that, that might be harsh. That's a little harsh. A reminder, I guess. I guess a reminder of Wayne, not a reminder. We'll call yeah, it a reminder, reminder of Wayne. That's de- <laughs> I did not think you were gonna ask me that, but that's definitely maybe I'd argue is a little harsh. Uh, okay, okay, but I because I do think like Wayne had such a um big impact, especially in the in the in the southern states yeah. in terms of growing the game like half these teams would not exist i would argue uh without wade gresky being in la so it's a little harsh okay. but i get your point i get yeah, your yeah. Point. i mean I like a point. reminder of wayne not of an existence of wayne like no, I think it's just it's a good yeah. point it's funny it's a good point but you're, you're bringing up i guess in ways expand uh expanded revenues and one thing that was discussed not formally but was brought up and obviously extremely unlikely to happen is that uh, they were talking about an expanded playoffs. Now, obviously because Gary doesn't like it, there was no like formal proposal made, but the idea would be uh, something similar to uh, what the NBA has with their play in tournament. And Pierre Lebrun uh, did a poll with 12 NHL uh, governors and they were all in favor of expanding the playoffs and so my question is, would you want an expanded playoff format similar to the NBA? Or if you have a different format, please go ahead uh, in the NHL. Um, I'm always for it, okay. for expanded playoffs. And I'm going to, again, if I'm using a different league, I'll use the MLB, for example. They have a lot of money, but they were losing a lot of regional interest simply because if you look at the old playoff formats, so you know when the Blue Jays won the World Series in like the nine early nineties? Yes. There was no wild card. You had to win your division to make the playoffs. Yeah. And they realized, you know, that's losing a lot of interest because 
it's 162 games. Like, why would a player, why would a fan hypothetically be invested in your team if you know you're not going to make the playoffs every single season because you can't compete? So I'm always for it, especially if you want to generate more revenue. There's going to be more games. There's going to be more interest. There's just be like that overall playoff hype you're going to have behind your team if there's a bit more of a chance that your team is going to make the playoffs. So I'm always for it. Bear, I just the thing, the the, not the, listen. I I'm I'm gonna say I'm not for it. Okay, and I'm not gonna be the if they expand the playoffs, I'm never gonna watch the sport of hockey again. I'm not that angry about it. If they do it, I'd I'd understand their business reasons of doing it. But the thing I don't necessarily agree with you on in with the baseball comparison is I think with the amount of teams we're already working with, right? We're working with 16 teams already. And then we'd be working with 20 in a league of 32. Whereas with baseball, how many teams were, how many, because I'm not a hundred percent sure, but how many teams were they working with before the wild card and then after? So like with the wild card, like, well, before this expanded wild card they had this year, there's probably like, eight teams make the playoffs of how many teams like 32 or 30 30. right like so i think you're working with a small number uh smaller number and my second i guess issue with the expanded playoffs is i feel like again i guess if we're justifying it as a play-in tournament instead of a instead of a playoff yeah i guess expanding the series like that's one that's one thing i just i don't know like i feel like it dilutes the regular season a a little bit just a little bit because like yes i fully understand teams seven to ten in in let's say the conference would be intro like their the races are interesting and oh they don't make the playoffs Okay, but then they didn't make the playoffs in an 82 game regular season. I don't think that makes the game the regular like the argument I've heard is like it feels like the games are wrapped up. The games in March and in early April don't mean a whole lot of anything. It's like okay, fair, but like maybe those teams can be a little more competitive. Like I, I don't think the issue to our problem is or the solution to our problem, sorry, is to expand the playoffs. It's to find ways to make the quality of the game better. And I don't think by expanding the playoffs, that's going to make teams be more inclined to be buyers. Mm-hmm. Like that's still going to, that. yeah, I just don't see, to me, I don't see how that, that would work third. So my last point is like, okay, how many games are these guys getting to be playing? That's what I was thinking too. Like the, the physical toll on it, because yeah, hockey is different from baseball. It's different yeah. from basketball. Like you're, you're looking at, okay. So let's say we do, let's say it's a game, a series, a three game series as the play. And we're talking about now an extra week of, games at least right you do monday wednesday friday or whatever you 
want to do, but that's three more games. Are you still playing an 82 game regular season? How late are you going? You're all, we're already always going late later than we always want to. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, we shouldn't have hockey in June, but we always seem to. Um, so like, what is the, what, what are we trying to figure out here? Like I get the expanded revenue. I'm fully for that, but I don't, I just think this is the easy way of getting the expanded revenue. I think there's other ways you might be able to go around doing that other than expanding the playoffs. I don't think yeah. that that's the easiest solution because, okay, the NBA is doing it. Sure. the Listen, NBA, I love to rip the NHL for copying things the NBA does, but I don't think they need to copy every single thing the NBA does. I don't yeah. th- right. So that that's the thing for me. Okay. And so we're talking about <laughs> no, but it's okay. It's a great yeah, transition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're talking about schedules. Let's go to this next proposal that they were talking about on Thirty Two Thoughts. Uh, it doesn't seem like it has a whole it has a whole lot of steam at this moment, but it's something that's been considered over the last uh, couple of years. An eighty four game schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the whole uh, one of the things that's been harped on a lot this year is that. Uh, the way some of the rivalries have been scheduled, and most notably the one that's been talked about up in Canada, has been the Battle of Alberta. Now, they've already played twice this season. We're in December, and the last one uh, will be on December 27th, which is at the time of recording like eight, seven or eight days away. Um, so this 84-game schedule would try to essentially – enhance rivalries a little bit more i'll give i'll read out what they had so uh you'll have four games versus the other seven teams in your division which will tally up to 28 uh you'll have three versus the other division in your conference which would be another 24 and then same as now third uh two against two against teams in the other conference which added up to 32 which would give you 84 uh, and then Merrick added that uh, there'd be less preseason games and then the potential of a shorter training camp. So what do you think about this schedule? I'm just thinking, again, not to make it about the Leafs, but yeah. when I think about like who is their prime rivalry then? like Right not, now? Yeah, like I don't think it's Battle of Ontario. I don't think it's um, English versus French Canada. Is it Boston and Toronto? Like, what is it? Tampa and Toronto? From from a fa- from a fan's perspective, I would argue. I still think there's something in it for the Battle of Ontario and that Montreal and Toronto rivalry. Like, I just think they're all, especially from a, a historical perspective. There's mm-hmm. there will always be something from a, um, Toronto versus Montreal thing. It's just in recent years their peaks have never really hit like I've been at the yeah. same time. So I feel like we don't get that same type of energy all the time, but they've had some entertaining games um, within the conference. They, I, I don't know within the division, like you can argue Boston and Tampa, but Boston, I feel like has been a little one-sided at times. And Tampa is like, you're just looking back at last year in the playoffs. To me, Tampa is a huge rival because they stole Zach Bogosian again, but that's okay. We can, I'll get over that. Um, yeah, like, I'm just, that, that's, th- those would be the obvious ones for me from a Toronto yeah. perspective. I think it's maybe I'm overthinking this. 
because I'm thinking of other teams are like who are the Kraken's primary rival, like the Canucks or nah. like I don't know how that works there. Yeah. Or I don't like the Ducks and the Kings. Yeah, it was great when they were both at their peak, but they're right. not at their peak right now. Or like I guess like the Coyotes, who's their biggest rival? Um, the city of Glendale. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it was just I had to do it. I just it had to be done. Um, no, no, I, I, no, I get. I think again, it's more so. I don't necessarily agree with the tactic that the NHL, this tactic that the NHL likes to do. But sometimes I feel like the NHL tries to create rivalries artificially. Um, yeah. I don't necessarily agree with it, and I think you know them doing the them changing the playoff format to do one to three and then have the divisions is a prime example of that for me. Um, sorry. But in a way, like I understand it, like rivalries are better for the game, but at the end of the day, I think you need the teams need to like want to be upset. Like you're not, it's not just going to be created because you tell them to, yeah. and there ha- there's a, there's a certain something else that comes along with, with a rivalry, but yeah, I, I agree. I, and I think like if the scheduling works out with it, then it would be good. And again, maybe because I'm just looking at our own teams, but you know, like for me, when I think rivalry, I think Montreal versus Toronto, mm-hmm. seven o'clock hockey night in Canada. For sure. Like I, if they do it like that, great. Like if you do that with the next, like the the additional two games, that'd be amazing. So for and me, and you I, get one more. Yeah. Uh, depending on the year, you'd get one more of those. Yeah. Right. Like if you play in three times a year, you get that fourth time. I think it's essentially. So I, I don't I, I don't know why the special number is four. But they seem they seem to think the special number is four. But I think when you look at the Battle of Alberta, the whole issue with that is not that they're yes, it's un it's crazy that whoever made the schedule saw what happened last year and said they're playing three instead of four times. But I also think it's how it's scheduled. Like, yeah, it's wild that in the first three months of the season, they're playing three times and that's it. Could you have not scheduled this better? I think that's maybe yeah. that's the question that needs to be asked. Not hey, let's add two more games for the sake of adding two more games. I I do agree um, with that. Um, getting to a little more of a tougher topic, but I think we need we have to talk about it. Um, so at the board of governors press conference, but. Batman was asked about the ongoing league investigation into the 2018 Canadian World Junior team. He he had said it was almost done. One of the sticking points of making that making it public, uh, LeBron said, is that the NHL doesn't want to interfere in any way with the police investigation still going on in London. Uh, which is to say, I think that he sorry he said, which is to say, I think the league is sensitive to the fact that announcing the findings of its investigation before London police are done with their criminal investigation could be an issue. So speaking of the investigate this London police investigation. Uh, yesterday, Robin Doolittle of the Globe and Mail uh, had a pretty big story come out about the 2018 um, World Junior team and the, the investigation that's going on. And I'm just going to go through. She she has a thread, and I think I urge people to go read the article. She's uh, like, a few other people. I've, Rick Westhead has obviously been tweeting about it too, but I just want to 
get some of the uh, important information out. So she tweeted, there are some big revelations in the story. Number one, uh, the London police believe they have reasonable grounds to charge five members of the 2018 World Junior Team with sexual assault. Uh, London police investigated the case in 2018 and it closed without charges in February 2019. They reopened it this summer, being 2022. One big update is they discovered a group chat, group text chat among players. The filing says player one. Uh, again, they're all the players are obviously all unknown, so it's player one, two, three, etc. The filing says player one quote sent a text message asking if anyone in the group conversation would like, uh, and then it's redacted uh, being spe- specific sex acts. Another teammate replied yes, um, in quotes or in brackets. So a player one had consensual sex with EM, who is the um, the victim who is noted as EM throughout the, the article Uh, afterwards, it's alleged he texted his teammates to come to the hotel room. Uh, The filing describes an quote, older gentleman who is at the bar with EM and the players. He is a, he is alleged to have been buying drinks for the group, poured a shot in EM's mouth and told her to quote, take care of player one. Finally, it suggests that hockey Canada gave player one a heads up that the police had been contacted. After learning this news, Player One is alleged to have searched for EM on Instagram. He then DM'd her, asking to make the investigation go away. So that's the new development, right? Is the older gentleman with the suit, as well as this group chat. Because I think, like for me, because I read, like, yeah, I did just read Robin Doolittle's article, but it did, I think this is the first time it did mention that older gentleman with the suit. And it's alleged that he did work, or it was his job to at least be there with the players. Yeah, and um, sorry, someone was just at the door. Uh, and it's just, I, I don't, I don't. There's, I feel it. It just sucks. Like, I, the story is, it just, it, it does not. It's never going to get better. But I think it makes everything we watched at those hearings. It makes me angry because those hearings, especially the last two that they had, uh, the um, Andrea Skinner and um, I don't remember the other guys, guys' names, but having them there and the attitude they had towards these hearings, reading this story and them, and obviously we knew they were aware of it, but everything that led up to it is just, it makes it so much worse and it makes me so much more uh, angry at at the entire situation and how it's been handled. And God, I hope Hockey Canada and Co. figures this out. Yeah. Definitely. Um, as much as like it is tough to keep reading this because there is always these updates on what's going on, on a lot more of the details that's happening. It does feel, though, that we're getting to a point now that we're eventually going to know the five or eight players that were involved. That I think it is alleged now that out of the eight, five of them were on the real junior team. Yeah, that's what I believe this story or past stories have said as well and again like i hope they 
the investigations that can be made public are made public. Yeah. I think it's important. Like, I just, I think it's extremely important that it's made public. I don't see why this situation, and I, I, I don't want to compare and contrast situations. I'm just, I, I think it's important. It's important, and I don't see why this is different than uh, when you look at what had happened to Kyle Beach, and that report was made public. That investigation, yeah. sorry, was made public. So you know, I'd hope, uh, if possible. If it is legally allowed that the NHL releases that releases their report, because I think it's of public interest. Yeah, for sure. I think when we get all these other updates with the way things are progressing, we're eventually gonna know. Yeah. We're gonna eventually know the names. Like it's eventually gonna come out. I know that we keep having speculation, but I'm just kind of waiting on to when that report does come out eventually i i i'm pretty hopeful it does because like you said it is public interest it is it is a story that has literally literally been around the nation that everyone i think has been tuning in towards that this is something that it's this dire and listen like i i've said it before on the pod and it, we are getting to that time of the year again it is the real juniors again mm-hmm. and as much as I have been such a huge fan of it, like it's the same thing as in the summer. I can't feel the need to be excited about it. That we've mentioned before, Shane Wright, yeah, great captain of the team. But for me, it's just it's just not the same anymore because you just don't trust you don't trust Hockey Canada. You don't trust you don't trust what's going on with them. That yeah, I know it is something you need to do. You have have the tournament going, but it just there's just so many things we don't know, and there's just it's just it's just a weird time for me because I don't know, like honestly, yeah, the real juniors have been pretty tarnished for me. Yeah, and for, I think for the right sorry, reasons. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? The, yeah, the, yeah. Like, yeah. It's on and and I think I don't know how many people would disagree with this, but I think hockey Canada's reputation on and off the ice has taken a huge hit over the last few years. Yeah. Um, like you saw, and again, I'm referencing things that's happened in the past, but how many, um, advertisers all at or sponsors, sorry, pulled out almost all at once. So who makes the jerseys from them now? Cause Nike pulled out. Cause I, I was trying to figure that out. I, I have no idea. I actually like, don't know. I, let me just check. Like I could check maybe last year. I don't know. Like picture of Mason McTavish. Like is there anything? Are they just using older jerseys? Are they just using jerseys from last year? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, there's still. Yeah, there's still the. Uh... Actually, no. Wait, wait, wait. No, there's no more Nike sign. Oh. When he was the captain, it's just hockey Canada, sense. and um, WHIF is on it now. Oh, so yeah, like uh, yeah, uh, I guess, and and I think we'll get to it in a second. But obviously, there's a whole new host of um, a new host of board members now um, that have 
been voted in. And I really think it's going to be up to them. And they know it themselves. Like I've seen the quotes from them. They know it themselves that they got a lot of work to do, I think, to restore um, faith back in hockey Canada. Yeah. Um, but since I guess I, since I brought it up, but, uh, there's nine new board members for hockey Canada and the way it's going to work is that they, uh, they'll be, they're essentially like transitionary board members. They'll only be on for one year at the end of one year, they'll be allowed to, you know, I guess whatever (laughs) dominate themselves again. Um, and so uh, there's a few few names on there I'll, i can go through them all uh hugh frazier who was a judge uh is no longer a judge uh grant borbridge julie duronso dave evans marnie fullerton jonathan goldblum marion jacko andrea Poole, and last uh cassie campbell pascal um and essentially jeff merrick had talked about it on 32 thoughts hockey night in canada that their first order of business uh, is to find a new CEO or CEOs. He had suggested they might look at bringing in two people for that position. So again, like that's, uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add on Hockey Canada. Um, it's always a tough transition to move on. It is, but, yeah. Honestly, but, not really. Because, you know, yeah, nine new names for the board, but it's more about what they're going to do than what it is what we're seeing right now right so i guess we'll just give it time see what decisions will be made and honestly when everything comes out for the 2018 case i think that's 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 the test that's the bar of how effective this board is going to be yeah that's a that's a great way to put it like it's their first test mm-hmm. um especially for that board and in moving forward and seeing how they they're going to be handling things. Um, let's go to what you want to do first, the Leafs or the Habs. Let's go to the Leafs, I think. Okay. We're saving a, a chunk of the Montreal one for Adam. Yeah, yeah that, that one point he wanted to talk about. Um, the um, With the Rangers, so they played two games since the last time. I think we've recorded the Rangers and the Capitals. Unfortunately, lost both of them. Uh, we'll let's you know what we'll do the Caps game real quick. There's not okay. a whole lot to talk about. Uh, of course, Eric Gustafson scored a hat trick. It's <laughs> just unbelievable. Oh yeah, yeah. We definitely all called. Uh, all called that. It was uh, whatever. There was Listen, some fight two, in them. You know, it was three one. Yeah, yeah. Two. I'm not particularly worried. <laughs> I'll put no. it like I'll put it like that. Um, I'm not particularly worried, but I, just, I do. Yeah, I just really want Samsonov to get the win. Like that's the one thing for me. I yeah, just yeah, really, yeah. really wanted him to get the win in Washington. Yeah, no, that would have been uh, definitely nice to see. And Eric Gustafson had to go along and ruin that. He didn't have a great game, uh, Ilya Samsonov. So I will say, I will say that. But I want to move on. I want to just go over this Rangers game. Uh, the streak is over. Mm-hmm. Two of them, I guess, to be yeah. in fact. Uh, before the Rangers game, believe it or not, the Leafs had a point in the in their last 15 games. They went 12-0-3. Yeah. 
That's amazing. I think, well, what was the last time they didn't have a point? That was like November, right? Uh, October oh. 20 <laughs> something. Further. Wow. It was when, so it was funny enough. It was the last game I went to go watch. Uh, it was, it was the hall, the hall of fame game against, um, against Pittsburgh. I'm just pulling it up here. That was, sorry, it was November 11th, October. I don't know what I'm talking about. November 11th is the last time they lost. Wild. That is quite the stretch. Like that is that's pretty impressive. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't a bad game they had. Like it was pretty good. It just, of course, Jimmy VC scored. He scored. He scored a hell of a goal. Yeah, first goal was nice. Like, was he able to do that? Like, did he do that in Toronto? Uh, No, he didn't do anything. No, he didn't in Toronto. He did nothing in Toronto. With all due respect to Jimmy VC, he did a whole heck of a lot of nothing. Um, and then they kind of ragdolled him in the in the documentary, but we won't get into that. Um, that definitely, I'm sure he loved loved scoring that goal. He did. Um, we also know someone else that loved that goal. Mike. Yes. Yeah, he's the yeah he's the only other person. So um, I didn't get to go to Burger Bar that day. Yeah. What was his reaction to the game to the goal? Uh. I don't think he realized it was Jimmy VC at first. Okay. Well, what happens when he did? Uh, he was laughing, as was I. As was I, because <laughs> it was a little hysterical that Jimmy VC um, somehow did that. Whatever. It was it was a good game uh, overall. The other thing that happened is the Mitch Marner streak has ended. It's done. The streak is over. I, How do you feel? I feel I feel like the guy from when the Undertaker lost his streak. <laughs> I don't actually feel like that, but I it was that was my first thought. I like I I see the thing is I thought of it like three days late, so it wasn't as funny. But I thought of it, so yeah, we, I, I still found time. it really funny. Thank you. The, um, <laughs> the effort counts. I just so he had eleven goals, twenty one assists in twenty three games. That's go ahead. Insane, by the way, but. I don't know. I think for me, just I was very confident. Again, modern streaks I'm talking about. Yeah. I thought it was going to be Patrick Kane's. At least. At Patrick Kane had 26. 26. Yeah. I think like that's the most since I think they gave the year like since 20, since like the last 10 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That would have been, uh, that'd been cool. But it's Mitch Marner. So that's unfortunate. Uh, no, I love him. Super, super cool. Super cool. Um, we have a trade to announce. We do. It's the, the Dennis Mulgan era in Toronto is uh it's unfortunately the over. second Dennis Mulgan era. The second Dennis Mulgan era because <laughs> he left for a year and I don't blame him to go play in Switzerland and then now he is back. He was he came back. He's no longer here. Uh this afternoon or early uh late morning, I don't remember. Um the Leafs traded him to Colorado for Dryden Hunt. Yes. Big guy. Checks a lot. I want to spend merely not even two minutes on this. (laughs) All right. Well, I put this on the uh, podcast Instagram. Who won the Dennis Mulgan trade? The Leafs? Or the Panthers? The Panthers. Oh, or the Avalanche. (laughs) I put all three teams. (laughs) That's a good one. I, I didn't think about the Avalanche, include the Avalanche in that. Um, I would argue the no, the Panthers, the Panthers. Yeah, boys, yeah. It wasn't even a thought. It was the Panthers. 
Listen, man, Mason Marshman killed it for them. Like then he, he went on to get a four by four contract. So it's and it's he's been solid be, too in Dallas. You know, he has been, in, he has been, been good. Um, but again, such a minimal trade at the end of the day. Dryden Hunt, fourth line guy, easy slot him in, and let's call it a day. With all due respect, like what the fourth line is going to be: Zach Aston, Reese, Pontus Holmberg, and. Dryden Hunt. Like, is listen, man, I'm fine with it. If you don't like this trade, like, if you, I just, if you don't like this trade, my question is why? It's so inconsequential. Why are you angry over this? Unless you're like a reporter, then you know what? Fine. You do you. But if you're actually angry over this, like, why? It's so inconsequential. Listen, maybe Dryden Hunt will get suspended like Kyle Clifford did in game one of the playoffs. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. We but don't know yet. Let's just maybe he'll be our Kyle Clifford. I don't know. I'm just throwing things out there, but that's it. We'll see. That's I know it, it was it was a subsequent move too, right? Because Cali Yorncruck is back. Oh, is then, it? yeah, yeah. yeah sure. In practice, he was he replaced Mulgan on that second line. Oh, awesome! They really need to find someone to sit in that spot mm-hmm. now that Nick Robertson is out. My well, I guess we t- yeah, that's unfortunate. I think we touched on it last episode, but he seemed to be fine there we could no get surgery which is good no surgery for him but it's what it's four Still, to six weeks yeah it's it's a lengthy period of uh of time i listen there's gonna be a trade someone's gonna they need someone they need to trade for a, a second line left wing i think that's got to be their priority which leads me to my next topic jvr I don't. I imagine. Was it you who added this to the? Doc I did under the it. It was Adam. Set? Okay. I'm. Su- I wasn't surprised it was in the dock. I was surprised it was under the Leafs. But uh, on 32 thoughts, hockey night in Canada. Uh, Jeff Merrick had said that JVR uh, is available. He has five goals, eleven points this year, uh, and Philadelphia is willing to eat some salary. Now, my question to you, Daniel: This is mm. a formal Maple Leaf. Yes. Is. is he the solution? No, I think he's going to go uh, half retained to the Canucks because they need a winger. And uh, Luke Shen is going to be going the other way. Oh, <laughs> no. my God. That'd be wild. <laughs> you know, he knows the system. He's still a quality guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he liked his time in Toronto, played very well. It's just, you know, the numbers just didn't make sense when you're getting John Tavares. So... Yeah. If he wants to come back, if it's a solid return, I'd I'd love it. I'd really love it. I think JVR playing with John Tavares would be magic. He still put up, what, 30 and 30 without a top-line center. Because he was always playing with, like, Bozak. Yeah, yeah, he was. So it it could work. I think it could work um, if he does want to come. It's just weird. It's funny. It's like it's going back and forth between Toronto and Philadelphia if this happens. (laughs) Yeah, no, entire career. It's wild. It's wild. Um, I, I'm not gonna say I wouldn't take JVR, but I'd be more interested in exploring other options at first. Like I think, if JVR is your fallback plan, JVR is your fallback plan. Like I'm, I'm okay with it. But if you have the opportunity to go elsewhere and maybe pay a little bit more and get a little bit more. I would go and yeah. I'd rather go uh, do that instead. If it's not the Nick Felino type of deal, 
for JVR, I'm I'm for it. Daniel, I'm if they it. pay a first round pick for <laughs> JVR, I will lose it. I will I will lose my mind. That's not that's not even fun. I'm not even joking. I'll be so mad. <laughs> like the Nick Felino one, I was like disappointed. I would be full blown mad. I don't know why I tried to justify. I remember what happened. I, remember, I don't know why I tried to justify. <laughs> There were people who were justifying. I was it, trying though. to like, do it myself too. And then no, but and then the uh, the awful thing was is those same people justifying it were the same ones who were like no, like uh, complaining. I'm like, what are you complaining about? You're the one who asked for this and you got it, including myself. Whatever. Uh, just it's enough. <laughs> enough is enough. Um, last thing on the Leafs before we move to the before we move to the Habs is. Um, I just want to, I wanted to give a little shout out to Trevor Moore. Again, that contract extension with the uh, LA Kings. I'm going to pull it up. It is a five-year deal at $4.2 million. I just want to show him because like this guy, I mean, like, uh, I was going to say undrafted, uh, spent his time uh, in the AHL and then, you know, was... I'd argue, okay, he wasn't hugely impactful, but I'd argue he made an impact on the bottom uh, six in the Leafs outside of scoring. And for his size, um, I'd say that's impressive. And then he was a piece, like he was a piece in the Jack Campbell, Kyle, Kyle Clifford uh, deal. And so I, I just want to give him a shout out. That's it. Mm-hmm. I Yeah. I, I'm happy for him. I'm happy. He got what he wanted. And, he, he's just been performing very well. I think like we talk about the Kings team overall that mm-hmm. they just didn't make that big jump we thought they would, but they've been really solid with getting in these young guys and really giving them an opportunity. Yeah, and, and the other thing with Trevor Moore is he's from California. Like we talk about the um we were talking about the Robertsons a couple episodes ago, both of them being from California and it being a good story and uh, the other things to go along with it. But I think to have an LA guy or California guy play for LA, I think is just, it's just a good story Yeah, to say like these things, we exist. They're like, these things are, are possible. <laughs> so that was a little harsh, but like these things are, are possible. So it's, it's a cool story. And that's why I wanted to um, bring it up. Uh, let's talk about the Canadians. Uh, there's, Three th- three different things I want to go over. First one quickly, uh, Mike Matheson is out indefinitely. Unfortunate. Mm-hmm. That's uh, not what it says on the dock, but we won't say what's on the dock. We won't say what's what's on the dock. Uh, unfortunate start for his time with the Habs, and per Adam, uh, when he was playing, he he did look good. Um, so that's that's unfortunate and this one i i'd like to get your take on cuz i mean you've said you're the world juniors guy but i'm going to i got to ask um so they're saying or i think it was dreger who reported it dreger or lebron i don't remember off the top of my head had reported that Slavkovsky is more than like is unlikely to go to the world juniors should I he think- go should they send him or should they not send him I don't know. I think it's just in terms of the usage, right? Because it's not like he's getting Shane Wright type of minutes. True. So he is playing and getting the experience he needs to keep on getting better. So if this is the situation they feel that just don't rock the boat, let him play where he feels he'll be 
most comfortable to help with his development. And I think just stay there because a lot of the times they say like, you know, we play on best on best and see where it goes. You know, it's important for the player's development and all of that. But this guy, remember he played in the Olympics. Yeah. I think he already had that type of experience already playing with grown men, playing on the international stage. And I think one thing too is to forget is that we, we don't talk about is, you know, finding that quick chemistry on the fly in such a short tournament. I think yeah. he's already done that. So for that aspect of what will help with his development, I think we're if they're not going to send him to the AHL, if he's not going to go to Laval, I don't know why I almost said Hamilton Bulldogs. That's <laughs> from a while ago. But just let him play in Montreal if that's what you feel is best. Because it's not like they have a set top six. Like It, it keeps moving. True. Yeah, yeah, the lines are always changing. And like I, I think that's just something that's uh, to be expected with a team uh, of their caliber at the moment. I think I'll go with, I'll go with that <laughs> word caliber. Um, but I, I think it's a good shift to the next topic. It's like they're they had such a strong. I don't want not necessarily strong start to the season, but I think there was a lot of positives coming out of uh, Montreal to start the season in terms of you look at Suzuki and Caulfield and in particular, you look at Kirby Doc, you look at the resurgence of Sean Monaghan. And I don't necessarily think that's uh, slowed down, especially with you look at Suzuki and Caulfield, but I just think we're now starting to see the time where things are slowing down a bit for them in terms of, you know, winning games. Like they've lost four of their last five that they, they, this is so mean, but I'm going to say it. They've handed Anaheim their second regulation (laughs) win of the season or yeah. Second regulation win of the season. Um, They're, they're always going to be, they're a tough, team to play against with the skill that they have um and they're not i'm just looking at their schedule they're on a like seven game road trip like they're not back in montreal until january 5th of 2023 we're almost there i just realized we are almost in 2023 crazy um what would you say are the like expectations I think right now is you already knew coming in that this is not a team that's going to compete. This is a team that not everyone is going to be there once the rebuild is done. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're seeing is more of that more like more of that reality that you know they're going they're not they're not there yet, but they'll have the pieces to get there. Like what I said before, the the answers not in the locker room yet, but the way I'm seeing it is it's what we expected for them to play. I know that the Ducks game was really bad. That was that was a bad loss, but I I think that's that's like they're just coming back down to earth for Montreal. That's a good way of putting it. They're coming back to earth. And I think Adam would uh say the same in that like great starts to the season for certain players, but how long is that going to last? Yeah. Cause right. You know, and you look at that, like you look at up front and you say, Oh, look at these guys, these guys, these like you look at X, Y, and Z and how they've, they've developed so far. 
I think it's tough to look at the back end of Montreal and say the same thing. I just think it needs, it just needs more time. Like I think on the back end, there's answers that are there, but they're not answers yet. Yeah. Right. These, these, these are things that are going to take time, right? Not like not everyone's going to step into the NHL and be the best player they can be. That's just never going to happen. You're not Connor McDavid. That's literally, he's the only one who could probably do that. Um, so I think you're right. Like things have come down to earth and like they've, I, I think the last time I had took, brought up the standings, they were like a point away uh, from the New York Rangers. They are no longer a point away. If the NHL site would load for a real quick second, I would be able to tell you, uh, what it is they are quite some ways away they are 11 points away from uh <laughs> from the new york rangers which is like half the league by the way half yeah. the league away uh from the the new york rangers so that's by the way the rangers i just want to bring up have won the last their last seven games they're in a seven game they are, streak. i think pittsburgh's on that too right yeah Pittsburgh, uh, they I guess they just lost their last game, but I will okay. go double check if I could find their schedule. But, but on Montreal, yeah, like what I kind of feel is, yeah, we talk about like, yeah, they lost to the Ducks, but I think in a way it's weird to say like, isn't that expected? Like not to the Ducks, but I mean like isn't expected you're going to lose a bunch of games, but you're going to gain enough experience. I think – if hypothetically you say I we beat the worst team in the league for what Montreal wants to do in terms of a rebuild, I think that's just a moral victory, right? That's not something that should factor into anything. I know that it sucks to lose. Players don't like to lose, but where Montreal's at right now, I if you want to keep building, if you want to keep seeing where your picks go, you're gonna have to lose a bunch. To get there, that is true. That's a good point, and I guess that's what everyone wants. Like, listen, okay, I'll bring it up. Mike Hoffman's not going to be here. Nope. In Montreal, when nope. they finally emerge again, and that's expected. And you know, I it's not like we're going to be talking about like, okay, like what kind of season Mike Hoffman going to have? Like, no, we're going to talk about like what Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield had. Yeah, like I'm just looking at their roster at the moment. I don't think Jonathan Drouin will be around for much longer. Uh, same goes with Evgeny Dodonov. Uh Hoffman, yeah, for sure. D- again, like I'm looking, Dvorak, Yol Armia. Again, I, I want to, Dvorak yeah. maybe is the interesting one. Because he has term. Um, well, yeah, he has term, and I'm curious to know what Adam thinks. But you'll ask me, I don't think Adam wants yeah. that much <laughs> much longer. And then you look at the, the back end. Uh, I did not know Joel Edmondson had another year. Okay, yeah. that's so interesting. Uh, Joel Edmondson will not be around much longer because uh, Edmonton's apparently going to pay a first for him. So that's cool. Like, you're right. There's just guys who are here who, when this team hits their prime, are not going to be around. Mm-hmm. Just not gonna be around the story uh, for me reality. is the story for me is and what i'm interested in is like the development of like hypothetically jordan harris mm-hmm. instead of what's joel edmonds is gonna look like in the next year or two yeah like i i and that's a good point like the questions we're asking about montreal 
have shifted. It's what are these guys going to do in the next few years? No longer what are Joel Edmondson, um, what are like just list a player Mark Bergevin brought in and what is he going to do for us right now? It's not about now. It's about the future. And I think that's just the, the, the reality of the team at the moment. And I don't think anyone's mad about it, to be honest. I'm just always going to love because I just love that it was brought up in like the last few games. It wasn't the last game, but I love that we finally saw it again. Jonathan Drouin played center. Yeah. I'm not gonna say I watched the game, but I heard that game did not go great. That that is something I will always remember because like I remember he was the like first or second line center the first time I met Adam. (laughs) Oh my god, that is so that's brutal. That's that's uh, that's brutal. (laughs) Oh man. Okay, let's uh let's wrap wrap this show up. I did not realize how long we were going for. In conclusion, hopeful losses for Montreal. Exactly. That's yeah. you know that that that's that's what we're gonna say. Hopeful losses. Um, is there anything else you you want to add before I wrap this show up? I think we've been good. Been going for quite a while. Quite a while. Um, I don't know. Just shout out Jimmy VC again. Like, ah, of course, Thanks, the Nathan. ultimate Thanks, power man. move. I don't know. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> ultimate power move. Um, awesome. So again, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, thanks for listening to another episode of the Two One One Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok for I don't know how much longer. Uh, we probably be on TikTok. <laughs> They're talking about like removing tiktok so we'll see how much longer yes. we're there for um and then you can find us on uh apple podcast spotify youtube wherever you listen to your uh, podcast and like share it with your friends that'd be cool just let them know mm-hmm. awesome okay see you guys bye